0: Hello everyone and welcome to the first official episode of this podcast, everyday bookworm. The book I'm going to be reading to you guys is called The One and Only Ivan by Catherine Applegate. So grab grab blankets, pillow up, and get comfy, because we're about to jump in. So let's go. The one and only Ivan by Catherine Applegate. Hello, I am Ivan. I am a gorilla. It's not as easy as it looks. Names. People call me the Freeway Gorilla. The Ape at Exit 8. The one and only Ivan. Mighty Silverback. The names are mine, but they're not me. I am Ivan. Just Ivan. Only Ivan. Humans waste words. They toss them like banana peels and leave them out to rot. Or leave them to rot. Everyone knows the peels are the best part. I suppose you think gorillas can't understand you? Of course you also probably think we can't walk up straight or upright. Try knuckle walking for an hour. You tell me which way is more fun. Patience, I've learned to understand human words over the years, but understanding human speech is not the same as understanding humans. Humans speak too much. They chatter like chimps crowding the world with with their noise even when they have nothing to say. It took me some time to recognize all those human sounds and to weave it into things. But I was patient. Patient is a useful way to be when you're an ape. Gorillas are patient as stones. Humans, eh, not so much. How I look. I used to be a wild gorilla, and I still look the part. I have a gorilla's shy gaze, a gorilla's sly smile. I wear a snowy saddle of fur the uniform of a silverback. When the sun warms my back, I cast a girl's majestic shadow. In my size, see a test of themselves. In my size, humans see a test of themselves. They hear fighting words on the wind when all I am thinking is how late in the day, late day, the sun reminds me of a ripe nectarine. I'm mightier than any human for 400 pounds of pure power my body is made of made for battle my arms are outstretched span taller than the tallest human my family's tree spreads wide as well i am a great ape and you are a great ape so are chimpanzees and orangutans and bonobos. i'm pretty sure i say say that um and all of our distant and distrustful cousins I know this is troubling. I, too, find it hard to believe that there is a connection across time and space, linking me to a race of ill-mannered clowns, chimps. There's no excuse for them. The Exit 8 Big Top Mall and Video Arcade. I live in a human habitat called the Exit 8 Big Top Mall and Video Arcade. You're conventionally located off of I-95, which shows at 2, 4, and 7, 365 days a year. Mac says that when he answers the trilling telephone. Mac works here at the mall. He is the boss. I work here, too. I'm the gorilla. At the Big Top Mall, a creaky music carousel spins all day, and monkeys and parrots live, in amid, live amid the merchants. In the middle of the mall is a ring with benches where humans can sit on their rumps while they eat soft pretzels. The floor is covered with sawdust made of dead trees. My domain is at one end of the ring. I live here because I'm too much gorilla and not enough human. Stella's domain is next to mine. Stella is an elephant. She and Bob, who is a dog, are my dearest friends. At present, I do not have any gorilla friends. My domain is made of thick glass and rusty metal and rough cement. Stella's domain is made of metal bars. The sunbear's domain is wood. The parrot's domain is wire mesh. Three of my walls are glass. One of them is cracked, and a small piece about the size of my hand is missing from its bottom corner. I made the hole with the baseball bat Mac gave me for my sixth birthday. After that, he took it away, but he let me keep the baseball that came with it. A jungle scene is painted on one of my domain walls. It has a waterfall without water and flowers without scent and trees without roots. I didn't paint it. But I enjoy the shapes. I enjoy the way the shapes flow across the wall, even if it isn't much of a jungle. I'm lucky my domain my domain has three windowed walls. I can see the whole mall and a bit of the world beyond: the frantic pinball machines, the pink billows of cotton candy, and the vast and treeless parking lot. Beyond the lot is a freeway where cars stampede without end. A giant sign at its Edge beacons them to stop and rest like gazelles in a watering hole. The sign is faded, but the color is bleeding. The color is bleeding, but I know what it says. Mac read the words aloud one day Come to the next, come to exit eight big top mall and video arcade home of the one and only Ivan, Mighty Silverback. Sadly, I cannot read, although I wish I could. Reading stories would make a fine way to fill my hours. Once, however, I was able to. Enjoy a book left in my domain by one of my keepers. It tasted like termite. The freeway billboard has a drawing of Mac in his clown clothes and Stella in her hind Stella on her hind legs and an angry animal with fierce eyes and unkept hair. The animal is supposed to be meat, but the artist made it a mistake. I am never angry. Anger is precious. A silverback uses anger to maintain order and warn his troop of danger. When my father beat his chest, it was to say, beware. Listen, I am in charge. I am angry to protect you because that is what I was born to do. Here in my domain, there is no one to protect. The littlest Big Top on earth. My neighbors here at the Big Top Mall know many tricks. They are an educated lot, more accomplished than I am. One of my neighbors plays baseball, although she was a chicken. Another drives a fire truck, although he is a a rabbit. I used to have a neighbor, a sleek, thoughtful seal, who could balance a ball on her nose from dawn till dusk. Her voice was like a throaty bark of a dog chained outside on a cold night. Children wished on pennies and tossed them into her plastic pool. They glowed on the bottom like flat copper stones. The seal was hungry one day, or bored perhaps, so she ate 100 pennies. Mac said she'd be fine. He was mistaken. Mac calls our shows. Our show, the littlest big top on earth. Every day at two, four, and seven, humans fan themselves, drink soda and applaud. Applaud. Babies wail. Mac dresses Mac dressed like a clown and pedals a tiny butt. A dog named Snickers rides on Stella's back. Stella sits on a stool. It's a very sturdy stool. I don't do any tricks. Mac says it's enough for me to be neat. Stella told me some circuses move from town to town. They have humans who tingle from mopes twining from the tops of tents. They have grumbling lions with gleaming teeth and a snaking line of elephants, each clutching the limp tail in front of her. The elephants look so far off into the distance, they won't see the humans who want to see them. Our circus doesn't migrate. We sit where we are, like an old beast too tired to push on. After our show, humans forge through the stores. A store is where humans buy things they need to survive. At the Big Top Mall, some stores sell new things, like balloons and t-shirts and caps to cover their gleam- the gleaming, gleaming heads of humans. Some stores sell old things that smell dusty and damp and long forgotten. All day, I watch humans scurry from store to store, they pass their green paper as dry as old leaves and smelling as a thousand hands. Back and forth and back again. They hunt frantically, stalking, pushing, grumbling. Then they leave clutching bags filled with things. Bright things, soft things, big things. But no matter how full the bag is, they always come back for more. Humans are clever indeed. They spin pink clouds you can, keep, you can eat. They build domains with flat waterfalls, but they are lousy hunters. Gone. Some animals live privately, unwatched, but that's not my life. My life is flashing lights and pointing fingers and uninvited visitors. Inches away, humans flatten their little hands against the wall of my glass that separate us. The glass says, you are this and we are that, and that is how it will always be. Humans leave their fingerprints behind Sticky with candy and slick with sweat. Each night, a weary man comes to wipe them away. Sometimes, I press my nose against the glass. My nose print, like your fingerprint, is the first and last and only one. The man wipes the glass. Then I am gone. Artists, here in my domain, domain, I do not have much to do. You can only throw so many meatballs at humans before you get bored. A meatball is made of rolled-up dung until it's the size of a small apple then letting it dry. I always keep a few on hand. For some reason, my visitors never seem to carry any. In my domain, I have a tire swing, a baseball, a tiny plastic pool filled with dirty water, and even an old TV. I have a stuffed gorilla, too. Julia, the daughter of the weary man who cleans the mall each night, gave it to me. The the gorilla has empty eyes and floppy limbs, but I sleep with it every night. I call it not to tag. Tag was my twin sister's name. Julia is 10 years old. She has hair like black glass and a wide half-moon smile. She and I have a lot lot in common. We are both great apes and we both are artists. Julia, who gave me my first crayon, a stubby blue one, slipped through the broken spot in my glass along with a folded piece of paper. I knew what to do with it. I watched Julia draw. I drag the crayon across the paper. It left a trail in its wake, slithering like a slithering blue snake. Julia's drawings are wild with color and movement. She draws things that aren't real, clouds that smiles and cars that swim. She draws until her crayons break and her paper rips. Her pictures are like pieces of a dream. I can't draw dreamy pictures. I never remember my dreams, although sometimes I awaken with my fists clenched and my heart hammering. My drawings seem pale and timid next to Julia's. She draws the ideas in her head. I draw things in my cage, simple items that fill my days. An apple quart, a banana peel, a candy wrapper. I often eat my subjects before I draw them. But even though I draw the same things over and over again, I'll never get bored with my art. When I'm drawing, that's all I think about. I don't think about where I am, about yesterday or tomorrow. I just move my crayon across the paper. Humans don't seem to always recognize what I've drawn. They squint or cock their heads and murmur. I'll draw the, a banana, perfect, a perfectly lovely banana. And they'll say, it's a yellow airplane or it's a duck without wings. That's all right. I'm not drawing for them. I'm drawing for me. Max soon realizes that people will pay for pictures made by a gorilla, even if they don't know what it is. Now I draw every day. Max sells my work for twenty dollars a piece, to twenty-five with frame, at the gift shop near my domain. If I get tired or need a break, I eat my crayons, shapes, and clouds. I think I've always been an artist. Even as a baby, clinging to my mother, I had an artist's eye. I saw shapes in the clouds and sculptures in tumbled stones at the bottom of the stream. I grabbed colors. I grabbed at the colors—the crimson of flower, the, the crimson flower just out of reach, the ebony bird streaking past. I don't remember much about my early life, but I do remember this: whenever I got a chance, I would dip my finger into cool mud and use my mother's back as a canvas. She was a patient patient soul, my mother. Imagination. Someday I hope I can draw the way Julia draws, imagining the worlds that don't exist yet. I know that most humans think I know what most humans think. They think gorillas don't have imaginations. They think we don't remember our pasts or ponder our futures. Come to think of it, I suppose they have a point. Mostly I think about what is, not what could be. I've learned not to get my hopes up. So that is all we will be reading today. Uh, I did split this into different segments. Each of the segments are five pages long. Um, So in case you just need to listen to a certain amount, you don't have to scroll through the whole thing again just to get to the part you want. So yes, this will be all we are reading today. And I will read some more for you guys tomorrow. Bye. Thank you. Have a great day.